Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, January 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Poland has won a major concession from the EU in its fight to limit food exports from Ukraine. Investors piled into Bitcoin ETFs, and Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the 2024 US presidential race. Plus, executives in the oil and gas industry might have a pipeline problem. Young people in particular are worried about global warming. When it comes to their career choices, they want to work for companies that align with their values. I'm Josh Gabardoyan, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Farmers in Poland aren't happy about Ukrainian food exports. They've been protesting and blockading the border over the issue. And in response, it looks like the European Union is ready to make some concessions. The bloc had originally put in place pretty good trade conditions for Ukraine after the Russian invasion. But since then, Poland has been complaining that the influx of Ukrainian produce is hurting its agricultural sector and driving down prices. The EU's top trade official now says that they'll be looking to add new safeguards and that Poland will be able to block Ukrainian imports. The proposal still needs to be approved by the European Parliament and the majority of member states. The Securities and Exchange Commission okayed Bitcoin ETFs earlier this month, and it's been a bit of a wild ride. Bitcoin exchange-traded funds have started to bring in big money for asset managers, upwards of a billion dollars in the first few days of trading. Now, those asset managers are trying to pitch new cryptocurrency funds, too. Here to talk about all this crypto news is the FT's Will Schmidt. Hey, Will. Hey, Josh. So the SEC grants their approval. We get the arrival of these new Bitcoin ETFs. How have they been trading so far? Well, since they started trading on January 11th, you know, you had 10 all launching at once that day. What's happened is you've had a couple products do really well, but you've also had investors pulling money out of one of the largest and most expensive Bitcoin funds, the uh, Grayscale Bitcoin ETF, which existed previously as a trust, which is a different legal structure, and now exists as an ETF. Okay, and how's the actual price of Bitcoin doing since these funds launched? Not great, Josh. It's, it's dropped quite a bit, and I don't have a great answer for you on why that is. One thing that has been happening that could be affecting it is regarding Grayscale's Bitcoin ETF, which is massive. I believe it was about $28 billion when they converted it into an ETF earlier this month. Because of the previous structure of that Bitcoin trust, investors were not easily able to get their shares out. Now that it's an ETF, which you know is famous for being a very liquid investment vehicle, Grayscale has sustained a couple billion dollars, if not more at this point, of people pulling their money out. Now, a lot of that money is going right back into some of these other ETFs, all of which charge substantially less than Grayscale is charging. But there's because there's a lot of selling activity there, as well as maybe not seeing the record demand that some people expected, uh, you've seen Bitcoin tip down a little bit. Okay, so few ups and downs straight out of the gate. Are there any asset managers that are doing particularly well with these new ETFs? Yeah, so far, BlackRock and Fidelity, I think, have had the most inflows. Again, this is going to be something that shakes out over the next several months, if not years to come. Uh, and then one surprising one, I think, just based because it's a smaller firm that not many people have heard about it outside of the investing community, is a company called Bitwise, 
they haven't had quite the success of BlackRock and Fidelity, but given the fact that their total assets and their management are so much smaller, the fact that they're right behind those guys is pretty impressive. Okay, and are other asset managers trying to get in on the game? Are there other Bitcoin ETF products out there? Not in the spot Bitcoin market, but you're starting to see on the fringes of this some of the little more esoteric products starting to pop up. ProShares, for example, is a firm that is filing to launch products that would double your leverage to Bitcoin or would offer you the ability to short Bitcoin or double short Bitcoin if you so chose. So you're starting to see asset managers kind of expand the Bitcoin investment universe by looking into other areas that more traditional vanilla ETFs have already had success in. So obviously, a lot of energy behind these crypto ETFs. Do you think the excitement is going to continue or is this going to flame out? I think it's definitely reasonable to assume that you're not going to be seeing a billion dollars every five days. With any ETF launch, generally, you're going to have this burst of initial demand and then let it settle. It kind of plateaus at a certain point. What's interesting about the Bitcoin ETF in that regard is that a lot of these asset managers are not necessarily tying their hopes to just getting a bunch of day one assets and then going from there. They are waiting for investment advisors all around the country to become a little bit more comfortable with the idea of recommending Bitcoin to their clients. They're banking on, at, at some stage, you know, investor advisors being like, hey, would you consider, Mr. or Mrs. Investor, adding 1% of your portfolio to Bitcoin? And as that happens over time across numerous advisory accounts, that is where they're expecting to see the real long-term flows and the real sustainability of these products. Will Schmidt is the FT's ETF reporter. Thanks very much, Will. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Ron DeSantis has suspended his campaign for U.S. president. The Florida governor dropped out and endorsed former President Donald Trump in a video he posted to social media on Sunday. That makes it a two-person race for the Republican nomination. Trump and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley will next face off on Tuesday in the New Hampshire primary. It's getting harder and harder to convince young people to join the oil and gas industry. Enrollment is down in U.S. petroleum engineering courses, and some colleges in the U.S. and Europe have dropped the courses altogether. That means companies are having to make a big push to try and recruit new workers. To talk about whether the industry can overcome this hurdle is the FT's U.S. energy editor, Jamie Smith. Hey, Jamie. Hi. So, Jamie, why is it getting harder to get people to take oil and gas jobs? Well, I think there's really three main reasons for this. The first of them is really climate change concerns. Young people in particular are worried about global warming. When it comes to their career choices, they want to work for companies that align with their values. Another part is that, well, actually young people are concerned about their long-term future in careers. So if you think about the oil and gas sector, well, we've just had COP28 in Dubai. And there, of course, there was an agreement to phase out fossil fuels in the future. That's also a reason. And maybe there's a third point here, and that is that, well, the oil and gas industry, it hasn't been a particularly good employer in the past. It does pay very well, but because it's an industry that suffers from boom and busts, it also tends to lay off large numbers of workers at once. So that has tended to make young people think twice about entering the sector. 
And so how are these recruitment issues actually impacting the industry? Are we seeing any problems at this point? So particularly smaller oil and gas producers are finding it much tougher to recruit graduates and to recruit the type of trades that they need to keep their operations going. The larger companies, Chevron, Exxon, say that they aren't having a major skills shortage problem, that they are able to tap into young people. And that's probably because they can pay higher wages than the smaller companies. However, this could become a major problem for them down the line, particularly with the big fall off in student applications for oil and gas related subjects. So it's something that they're certainly putting a lot of effort in to try and turn around. Yeah. So what is the industry doing then to get more young people interested in oil and gas? It is investing in more scholarships for young people uh, to bring them through university education. Last year, for example, Exxon donated $16 million to universities worldwide. One of the more interesting moves here was Harold Hamm, the famous billionaire godfather of shale industry here in the US. He actually made a $50 million donation to create a new institute for energy in Oklahoma. And one of the other very interesting uh, moves by the industry is that some companies are trying to change the perception of their industry. You know, they're spending a lot of money on media campaigns. They're also going on to platforms which are popular among young people, such as TikTok, Twitch, and they're promoting their traditional products and trying to change the discussion and the negative perceptions that have really hit uh, the oil and gas industry, particularly amongst the young. Okay, and if these efforts don't work, I can imagine that's going to be a pretty big problem down the road for these companies. But is there also an argument that it could sort of be a win in the fight against climate change? Certainly it would, yes. Climate campaigners, one of their main goals is to try and end oil and gas production. And if young people are turning against the industry, that would certainly help them achieve those goals and help the energy transition. The oil and gas industry is going to be in a fight with the new, newer low-carbon industries such as solar, wind, and hydrogen, these other sectors. So we're going to see this big scramble over the next decade, I think, to try and uh, recruit and retain your workers. Jamie Smith is the FT's U.S. energy editor. Thanks for your time, Jamie. Thank you. Before we go... It's really my honor to welcome you to the World Economic Forum's 54th annual meeting. Davos wrapped up on Friday. Now, if you didn't get a chance to participate in all the glitz and glamour in the Swiss Alps, don't worry. We have a few lines you can use at your next high-altitude social gathering. All right, this is the panel people have been waiting for. Artificial intelligence dominated the conversation at this year's Davos. AI was front of mind for leaders in business, tech, politics, and finance. First movers will be rewarded, and the global race is already on, without any question. And those first movers were playing nice with regulators. We need some guardrails and we need norms of how we deploy this technology. But there was a common refrain among those discussing the future of AI. No one knows what happens next. 
You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.